Hello, welcome to episode nine of the Cafe Genius Impresarios podcast. Today it's just me. A little update on some of the things going on uh, with Cafe Genius and might mention a couple of other things beyond, but uh, the Roundtable 2. That's Roundtable with two eyes, the uh, Roman numeral 2. What is it? What's going on? Why? Hmm. The second cohort, of course. The uh, Genius Roundtable second cohort met... Uh, at the end of March, we have um, a one fewer group, I think. Uh, if there's one thing about entrepreneurs, it's like herding kittens, getting them <laughs> getting them in, in one place uh, at one time, always tricky. But we have uh, a few people are busy because that's how entrepreneurs are also. Uh, we've added one person. We lost two and a half, well, two or three. We'll see. Uh, the person that is kind of half in, half out is, ironically, uh, a bridge between many communities and is always involved. So no fault whatsoever for uh, for doing what he does best. So uh, we'll have more on who is doing what because I would really like one or two at a time maybe, or maybe we can have a, just a big group podcast episode about where we are, what we're doing. But uh, the I... In Roundtable 1, if you will, and the two eyes in Roundtable 2 uh, just so happen to coincidentally align with the ideation, innovation, implementation trio, my favorite words that start with the I. They're a part of the Innovate for Vegas Foundation, sort of a triumvirate of focus, foci, if you like. So we, we also focus on ideation, innovation, implementation, and then ideally integration, later making it work with everything else but uh in the meantime those first three so our cohort one we basically bounce around a bunch of ideas about what our ecosystem is like what we could use to measure it whether it's hard to tell if something is good or bad if you don't know how to measure so metrics what the ecosystem actually is like how would we define it the shape what it, what it has what it doesn't and then a strategy from uh, to move from where we are now to ideally a measurable positive outcome uh, at each measurement point along the way into the future. Makes sense, right? So cohort two, if we if we use both of the eyes, then we are uh, innovating and implementing. And as it happens, that is also true. So the innovation part will uh, will basically be the strategy and metrics, right? Like if we know what we have and we have some strategy, then what can we do? in a measurable way to make our entrepreneurial ecosystem, entrepreneurial, that's a fun one, ecosystem. How do we make it better? How do we make it healthier? How do we make it more inclusive? How do we make it um, a, a breeding ground for success? Uh, not that everyone succeeds. I mean, that's, that's really hard to do, but uh, everyone should have a good shot at it. And so how do we do that? What do we do? How do we do it? How do we close that gap between what we have and what we need? so that we have more and need, well, we'll always need stuff. So the newsletter is one of the projects uh, that's on the on the agenda. Uh, there's also the Startup Resource Center, which is moving along nicely. You'll hear more about that in uh, probably our next episode, which I will tease in a moment. Uh, so, so we're basically taking the ideas and putting them into practice and that is a good thing because I'm about to talk to community of practice. 
what does that even mean? So a community of practice is a group is literally a group of people. Let me read the quote. I have it right here somewhere. Community of practice is from the person who coined the phrase, um, Etienne Wenger. Community of practice is a group of people who share a concern or a passion for something they do and learn how to do it better as they interact regularly. So yeah, Genius Roundtable has been that the whole time. (laughs) I actually came upon this term uh, when I was putting together the, not just me myself, but I myself was reading about this um, when we were putting together the Innovate for Vegas Foundation. At the time, it was Code for Vegas, but we were putting this together and I was looking at different ways of... uh, of looking at interaction, getting group of groups of people to participate in events and projects and whatnot. And as it happens, I wasn't familiar with the term at the time. I think I think my very first encounter with this was when we were looking at it was around the same time frame. We were looking at the Cafe Genius uh, Collaboratory that we were running early in 2022 to try to make better meetups. Right? Do you attend to attend? Do you attend to network or try to? get new clients or sell something? Or are you actually trying to improve your own skills or, or elevate the community a little bit with your contribution, a little collaboration in doing so? So a community of practice is a thing. It's a real thing. And it's something that I've, uh, I've pondered not only for our Cafe Genius efforts, but also uh, for the Innovate for Vegas Foundation with the hackathons, the civic hacking, the civic volunteerism, the outcomes that we're looking for as far as community elevation, job skills development, and so on. So a community of practice will uh, will sort of collaborate on common interests or common goals or to sort of contribute in a positive way, additive, if you will. If you're a 3D printing person, you know, additive manufacturing is about putting things together. It's about building so community practice, that's a thing that we will, I'm, I personally will make more of a, a thing about this because it is worth considering whether you are a part of a community of practice, whether you think you should be. It sounds, uh, it sounds almost cultish. It's not, <laughs> it's not something you sign up for necessarily or, or um, maybe, maybe you should do it conscientiously, but it's not a, uh, Hopefully it's not a uh, silo or a insular effort, but it should be a, a group of people participating proactively. So it's not it's not a classroom; <laughs> it's much more of a uh, of a collaboration. So this is something uh, like like I said, we will make um, we'll make a bigger deal out of this over time, passively or actively. Uh, not necessarily recruiting people to be in a community of practice, but. Maybe we should. I don't know. It's something to think about. I don't know if you could hear that motorcycle. I'm uh, I'm not broadcast or not recording. Not broadcasting either. I'm not recording from the side of the road. I'm but I'm quite near one. So the yes, community of practice. Something we'll talk about more, and uh, so stay tuned for that. The downtown project retrospective. I keep talking about it. I've talked about it forever. A few important things have now sort of landed. Um, our, our resident data scientist who is, uh, stepping away from our round table for his, you know, for the end of the first cohort, he's super busy. He's, um, advancing his education. He's participating in various teaching and and, and lecturing and meetup style events and gatherings. He's a busy person. So, uh, Matthew 
has composed a, a nice survey for our current uh, entrepreneurial ecosystem, people participating in it. So as I, I've said to him from day one, a lot of this stuff will apply to the, the retrospective, right? We want to compare, if we can, apples to apples, so to speak. So some of the questions that we have in this survey that he has put into the survey are <clears throat> going to look back as well. So they're mostly about satisfaction and access to enabling items, right? So uh, somewhat generic in, insofar as, um, or you, you could look at it as like a beginner, right? The beginning of a set of further questions. So we can apply that looking back as well. Uh, hopefully, as you listen to this, I will have managed to spend time getting a proper Cafe Genius website up. We need a point of uh, synchronization, I suppose, something to point to and say, hey, here it is. LinkedIn doesn't cut it. Um, Discord, obviously, dumb. I'm not a fan. Not a fan of both. LinkedIn, Discord, no. So hopefully uh, some website tool tooling, if you will, will help to coordinate some of the survey efforts. Most of the downtime retrospective will be asynchronous surveys. That is, you won't have to attend at a particular time. You won't have to go anywhere. There will be no time limit. Probably spend the rest of the year, maybe even a little bit longer. So today is uh, April 30th. So we'll extend the retrospective for as long as it makes sense. Um, it, we'll try to figure out, you know, if we can get 80% participation, <laughs> there will be much rejoicing. But if we reach a point where a lot of people have kind of participated as much as they care to or can. Um, you know, it won't go on for infinite time, but it will be certainly for the rest of 2023. There will there'll be no rush. And essentially, the um, I'm going to get a drink here. Mm, carbonated water with uh, Tarani sugar-free again, my favorite. So, yeah, the idea is to get <clears throat> as much um, feedback but without impinging on people's time and schedules. So I'm too busy. That is reality. I know the feeling all too well. That is why there are so many things on my to-do list and so much lamenting on my part that they remain. So when uh, when we start generating this survey approach in different individual surveys focused on different areas, we risk um, running into survey fatigue, which would be bad. So we need to sort of temper the uh, the survey count and the length with the desire and the the desire to get the information and the value of what we hope to uh, obtain from our willing participants. So these are these are important considerations. This is not something we're taking lightly. Uh, the people who have kind of raised their hand to participate in the early days will hopefully be reaching out to more of their friends. The as I always say, I, I did not know anywhere near everybody. Certainly, a lot of people didn't know me. So if you see me posting on LinkedIn or sending you an email, you'll have no idea who I am and you will spam it. So so these direct organic connections will be important. So there's a lot of pieces that are coming together. It's not something that should be rushed. There's no need to. Uh, the downtown project, the, the core of what we're looking at was, you know, kind of came to rest in 2018, 19 sometime, uh, pre-pandemic. The pandemic has certainly changed lives for a lot of people. So we're not, we're not trying to hammer, uh, old wounds back into the, 
the limelight. I don't even know what that expression means, but <laughs> we're not trying to make people remember things they don't want to remember, but at the same time, we're trying to create a constructive retrospective so that we can learn from it as we move forward. So it really does make sense. And I'm really glad that I've gotten some of the response I have so far from some of what I hope will be the uh, sort of the cadre of uh, outreach so that they can engage people that I don't know or don't know me, as I said. I'm really excited that Tyler Williams has has uh, kind of stepped up to participate, even though he just retired from Zappos a few weeks ago. Maybe, well, maybe, maybe almost two months ago now. But he was... Uh, he was with Zappos for 12 years. He was an uh, integral part of a lot of what was happening downtown. He's also a super guy. So really looking forward to his helping out to get the word out and lending some, I'm not going to say credibility because it's totally credible, but lending some familiarity so that we'll, you know people will say, oh, okay, I remember Tyler. And what is this retrospective now? What is this? Um, Amy Groth, uh, author of The Kingdom of Happiness. That's a partial title. Uh, I don't have it in front of me at the moment, but I've read the book. It's very nice, very interesting, very insightful. Uh, so Amy is uh, in the early adopter group. Um, Heather Wild, as many of you may have known her. Um, uh, Dylan Bathurst, who I'm totally fascinated by because he received funding and moved to California, which is something we talk about here every once in a while when people talk about exits or or, uh, you know, uh, investor motivation and, and value propositions. Do people stay or are they are they um, enticed to move away? Uh, what does it mean today versus, you know, pre-pandemic days now that everybody's remotely working and so on? So, so I'm really uh, happy to have Dylan taking some time. And I'm probably forgetting someone. Oh, Sean Looker, of course, my fellow board member on Innovate for Vegas, also around in the early days, joined Zappos from Amazon as part of the acquisition. And so he was around for a long time. And a lot of people know Sean. Sean knows a lot of people. Should be helpful. So not trying to sound like we're using people, but certainly lending their name and... Um, attention and participation will will help to get actual useful information from a lot of people who have it. They have it stored away in their memories, their experiences, and it will be, I will even venture to say, invaluable to get some of the pixels in our big picture mapped out based on what we can get in response over the course of the year. So that's my pitch for the retrospective in this uh, episode. We'll probably talk about it more. When when the proper episode, uh, when the proper retrospective is really up and running, and we start to get some participation, I'm trying to imagine how we can best include people in discussions. Whether it's a podcast episode, or maybe we can do something like a Zoom call, and we'll have actual, you know, see some faces, some familiar faces for some, and some new faces for others. Uh, so something like that. I think uh, there will be a fun component, or a or a deeper dive in some cases for people who want to participate like that. Uh, but hopefully very asynchronous survey will will provide some value uh, for us and will impinge minimally on time for them, those who can. Uh, finally, uh, trying to keep it short today. So finally, we have the Nevada Project. The part of the Nevada Project was a, a report that was created by Mo Collins from her company, I believe it's Entrepreneurial Community Communities. I'm probably getting that wrong. Uh, 
for those uh, sticking it out to the end of this episode, I'll tell you, uh, Mo and I will, per plan, have a, uh, a chat in, a, in another episode coming up very, very soon. We have not recorded it yet as I'm speaking now, but to be recorded very soon and published very soon after uh, to talk about the report. The report is available online. I've posted a link to the report in our show notes. By the way, our show notes are horrible, uh, mostly because Spotify is horrible. I mean, it's not really meant for this. So making a useful resource of the show notes per episode, uh, they really should be episode notes, I suppose, but show notes are, is a common expression. So the show notes that will span all sh- uh, episodes of the, of the show, they should be more easily used the links more easily found and clicked on uh, Spotify messes that up. So I apologize now for that. I'm working on self-publishing that too. Uh, anyway, the report is out. Uh, it's on, it's about a hundred pages. I think it's 101 with the cover, <laughs> I think. Uh, so it's, it's about a hundred pages and obviously uh, it's, well, not obviously it's Nevada. So there will be some information about uh, Northern Nevada. There'll be information about the middle part of Nevada there will be information about Southern Nevada, and that's that's where we are. So that's the part that will get my attention, certainly. Um, I've skimmed it as of right now. It is uh, not quite 1 p.m. on Sunday, April 30th. My goal is to read it twice prior to, uh, spoiler alert, it's, uh, the, the, the podcast episode that Mo and I will share to discuss. So obviously I want to have read it first. The skimming I did, though, there's a lot of elements that uh, she has highlighted that really jibe with or align with our goals with Cafe Genius Roundtable, Genius Roundtable, with the, with the, um, even with the pitch workout rooms and pitch practice, with a lot of the Innovate for Vegas projects, the approach we're taking to try to elevate the community. And then, of course, most of all, uh, for things I've talked about today, uh, the retrospective will be in, um, a deeper dive into some of the origin story of our downtown-ish, not totally downtown, but, you know, downtown anywhere is usually a central geographical area. So the the entrepreneurial ecosystem as it existed then, as it exists now, what can we learn? So there's a lot of elements of this report that I think align nicely with what we're trying to accomplish today. Some of the things I'm trying to drive, some of the things other people I know are trying to drive. So the Startup Resource Center actually gets a little call out, not directly, but because something similar exists in other cities. And as I've described, it's very similar to an expat center or a welcome center. If you go to an airport or a mall, they have an information booth, right? So this is, um, as I've said, the last mile. It's people what people encounter when they first move to Vegas. Like, okay, I'm here. I don't know who Jamie Schwartz is. I keep hearing her name. Uh, I don't know about SBDC. I, right now I just got to figure out where to live, <laughs> who, which meetup should I go to? Uh, how do I, you know, like just the basic, I just got here, help me out and then extend it a little bit to entrepreneurs and residents and maybe some connections with, with resources to help get things started. It's basically everything you would do before you go to SBDC. And we've even had meetings with SBDC and they're totally on board with this too. So I think it'll be a very interesting a project to see, if actual entrepreneurs on the ground, like some of the people at the round table, if actual entrepreneurs on the ground can be a part of elevating our ecosystem and enabling success, not everything is a tech startup either. So we're really focusing on startups, not 
unicorns, not the next app, not the next uh, hyperscaling exit plan. Uh, maybe they don't even want to exit. Maybe it'll be somebody opening the next coffee shop where you may be talking about your next startup, right? I always say when we meet in a coffee shop, we're meeting in somebody else's startup to talk about our startups, right? So something to keep in mind, the health and wellness of our entrepreneurial ecosystem. Maybe it needs some um, attention from within, and that's been basically the, the mantra. So, so we're going to talk about the Nevada Project Report. The Nevada Project is not just the report. I think it was part of the Nevada Project. Uh, we'll, we'll find out some of those details. It's paid for by the GoEd and EDON, and we'll talk about those as well. So I'll, I'll leave it here for today. Uh, looking forward to our second cohort. Looking forward to some cool outcomes, especially if we can manage to launch, for example, the Startup Resource Center, which I'm personally strongly in favor of and have been sort of driving, if you will, not really by myself. Um, we'll, we'll see if I can get the, the other two people working on it and the three of us can have a, have a chat. And we will hopefully have more of the roundtable members, as I said, and as we progress through our, our timeline of ideation, innovation, implementation. And then at the end, we'll do an introspection of how our first year-ish, whenever that is, uh, how our first few iterations of cohort through the Genius Roundtable notion come together. We'll drive more of a community of uh, practice uh, mentality, and we'll try to extend that to other meetups and how we approach a lot of things, because I think it's extremely valuable to take personal ownership of why we are participating in certain things and look for personal gain and what others gain from what we give to them. So there'll be more to talk about on that. So on that note, I thank you for listening on this lazy Sunday at the end of April. Uh, the summer is fast approaching. So are the high temperatures. Stay hydrated, stay cool, and uh, we'll catch you.